Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. B-Pod Studios. The Felger and Maz podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Are you ready for this? Do, 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 do. It's Felger and Matt. Oh, that's stupid. My oh, God. God. Oh. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, it's our number three of Felger and Maz. And it's a big boy Tuesday. I, I should have been telling you this all along. Because we've gotten calls and emails. Where's Bedard? Where's Bedard? Yeah, where's Bedard? Bedard is in Alabama at the Senior Bowl, and there was a practice today, which he attended, watching guys run through their three-cone drills or what, what the offensive linemen with their sets. Uh, so that's what he was doing from 2 to 4. And now he joins us back in his hotel room in Mobile, Alabama, for the Greg Bedard Tuesday stint. Greg, are you there? I am here. Hello, fellas. How you hey. doing? Are you in the uh, crowd there or what? Are you, are, are you in the dumper or where, where are you? I'm in the uh, the kitchen of the Airbnb that I'm in. Oh, there you go. Looks good. It's like my cousin Vinny. Well, can you put up some mattresses or something around you? You sound like you're in an echo chamber. Uh I will try. There's an awful lot of, I'll just get closer to the microphone. There's an awful lot of tile in this place. So <laughs> what do you want me to do? Maybe I'll move to the bedroom next. No, no, better. don't go yeah. in. I don't need to see. No, you no, no, no. The, the bedroom's usually better. It is. Because of the carpet. <laughs> all right, Bajar, what are you hearing? Give us some good Patriots rumors down there that you've picked up with all the gossip that goes on down there. Because I know there's gossip going on down there. Okay. So a couple things. Number one, uh, Elliot Wolf is not here. I would assume that he is helping Gerard Mayo with the interview, like Burt Beer, uh, Burt Beer reported, Luke Getze, maybe some others on the offensive coordinator front. Um, so it is a full contingent. Matt Groh is here. Uh, Patrick Stewart is here, who came over from the Panthers during last season. Um, the whole rest of the Patriots are here doing their thing. As far as alignment of the uh, personnel department on how they're doing things, on whether things have really changed for them, I've been told no. They are just going on just like if Bill Belichick was in charge, they're doing their thing as far as scouting and, and finding good good players for the Patriots. Now, is it ideal that they don't know who the offensive coordinator or what the, the offensive system that they're going to be running next year? Um, no, that's not optimal. But 
look, the Patriots are in a position where they just need to find good players. So the scheme doesn't really matter all that much. It, it might a little bit here and there down the road, but that's not a big concern. They can re- retrofit things. Um, some of the scuttlebutt around here about the Patriots, nobody has any clue what they're doing at offensive coordinator. I've been told they're going over their options. They think that some people might become available as some of the dominoes fall. I don't know what that means. I mean, do they have like Josh McDaniels in mind? I still think that is a long shot to happen. Um, other scuttlebutt as far as Bill Belichick. Um, and I had heard this before that Bill, I, I think he was at some point in time, things went poorly with the Falcons or he thought it was going to go poorly and his eyes were more on next year and his eyes are more on the jobs that could be op- opened up next year. And Probably the most, including, you know, Dallas, possibly Buffalo. Probably the most interesting thing that I've heard, and again, this is just senior bowl rumor mill, is that the Eagles were very interested in Belichick if things didn't work out with Nick Sirianni, and they could be at the front of the line if things again go poorly for him next year. Well, so didn't things not work out with Nick Sirianni? Like, what does that mean? They got blown out in the first well, round. We, yes, but... You know, similar to Doug Peterson, like Doug Peterson was coming back until he had that postseason meeting with Howie and Jeffrey Lurie, and they wanted Doug Peterson to do certain things, fire certain people, and he wouldn't do it, so he got fired. I see. Apparently, Nick Sirianni was amenable to all that stuff, so um, they decided for one more year that they're going to keep him. But I do think, remember I told you guys that before the end of the season that that teams had already reached out to Bill, back-channeled on Bill. I thought the Falcons were definitely one of them. I'm now pretty convinced that the Eagles were the other one. When things were going south, they thought this might end poorly with Sirianni, and I wouldn't be surprised, given the relationship that Howie and Bill have, that the Eagles were one of those teams to back-channel through Bill. So, Greg, does this increase any likelihood that if Phil comes back, it could be in-season for a team? In other words, if Sirianni or McCarthy or someone were to get fired in the middle of the year, that Bill could take over? I... I haven't heard that. That would surprise me. I don't, I don't know if that would be something that Bill would be up to, but you know, who knows? Maybe if he gets bored and doing TV and seeing me in the press box bathroom and things like that, then yeah, maybe he'll do that. Yeah, that's when these guys have to come to Jesus moment. Yeah. Let exactly. Alone, let they, alone seeing him in the bedroom of the Airbnb. When they go, when they go to the bathroom, because there's no other special bathrooms for these guys. Usually they got to go in the common bathroom. And they're there washing their hands, and here comes Bedard with the newspaper under his arm, having just dropped a deuce in the stall. That's when Bill says, I've had enough. This is probably beneath me. After the uh, chili on spaghetti in Cincinnati. <laughs> so we're going to talk some football with Bedard. You can join us on whatever you want, 617-779-0985. You said that the offensive coordinator thing, there's no uh, clear line there. There's no clear sort of uh, leader in the clubhouse, if you will. Uh if you had to guess where they're going, do they know where they're going? Are you concerned about where they're going? If it were up to you, where would where 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 should they go? So do I do I think they know where they're going? No, I don't. I don't think they have any idea. And and I think this goes to and look, I think Elliot Wolf and Macro to a lesser extent, I think they are ha- helping Gerard identify people. Um, the crafts have the ability to do, to do that. Um, I think that, I think they're looking to modernize the offense. I think they do want to move in, 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 in a different direction. Now, there's a few problems with that, where they are and with Gerard Mayo. 
you know, number one is, um, I'm not, I'm not sure there's, there's some scuttlebutt down here that the interviews have not gone well. Like the, that the, the prospects haven't been enthralled with what they've, what they've seen and heard from the Patriots. You know, could that just have been early adjustments and things like that? I mean, he, Gerard hasn't done this. Elliot Wolf hasn't done this. You know, so there could be an adjustment period and, and sort of settling into things. The other problem, and this is the bigger problem in talking to some offensive coordinators around here, um, you know, offensive minds, the Patriots, I mean, look, they have to knock this out of the park and they can't just get like a Nick Cayley and bring him back. This is a guy who I, I have a great deal of respect for Nick Cayley. I think he's going to be really good. And yes, I wanted him as the alternative to Matt Patricia, but that was just because of, it was the alternative to Matt Patricia. Um, he still hasn't touched the quarterback. So not only does this offensive coordinator have to install a brand new system, but it's not like the head coach is going to help on the quarterback. Gerard doesn't know anything about quarterbacks. So this offensive coordinator not only has to install a system, but he has to be a QB guru if you're going to draft one of these guys high. So it's, it's, it's very complicated. They got to thread the needle. And I think they're, I think they're casting a wide net to see if they can find something that works, but, uh, this is a very tall task. Yeah, uh, so that point to me is huge. You need a quarterback whisperer. You know, uh, that's mm-hmm. definitely uh, like that's as important as anything. And he's going to double as your offensive coordinator, presumably. But hopefully it's a, you know, it's a it's a package deal with a play caller and a quarterback coach or in the same system and wedded in the same system. I, I just feel like, Greg, they're kind of just throwing things together. You know what I mean? It's just they, uh, guys from all sorts of different schools and different trees, if you will, who haven't worked together. Like, I, ideally, it's sort of a package deal that and the play caller and the quarterback coach are the same thing, maybe, but that guy's probably got to have experience. Like, is Nick Cayley going to come in, be offensive coordinator, quarterback coach? No, he hasn't done either. So you can do one or the other. Right. He's going to be an offensive coordinator. And then he hires a quarterback coach. Where is that guy from? Like, that whole thing. I just feel the whole thing is ad hoc. Is that the right word? Yeah, and and that's been the reaction down here in Mobile. Everybody's you know talking to us, coming up to us, and being like, "What the hell are the Patriots doing?" Like, no, nobody has any clue. There's no rhyme or reason to it. And you know, on Nick Cayley, you know, not only has he not not touched a quarterback in terms of coaching the quarterback, but and I do think Nick Cayley's a good coach, and he might be good at this. But just in terms of where the Patriots are now, it's tough. But if he's so good. And McVeigh's losing these people like he just lost, um, Zach Robinson. If, 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 if McVeigh thought he was the next guy, sort of, why wouldn't, why wouldn't Kaylee just stay? Why wouldn't McVeigh want him to be there in the pipeline? Wouldn't that be better for Kaylee? And instead, he's, he's jumping. It, it appears he's jumping at an opportunity, uh, at this Patriots job. Okay. Ad hoc is exactly the opposite of what I mean to say. Ad hoc is uh, <laughs> is it, it's a it's it's for this purpose only is what that literally yeah means. right you to throw together a committee okay. for a specific thing yeah right that's ad hoc of course I mean I just should ask you no it feels piecemeal that's what it feels piecemeal like to me. piecemeal is what it feels like to me not a coherent plan not a for you know a thought out master plan that they had that they're now executing I don't feel that's what's going on it's not what's going on again it is it's more piecemeal. Greg, Greg, would is Josh McDaniels married to the Patriots' offense? Uh, well, he at at this point he only knows what he knows. I mean, that's 
that's all he's done. I mean, it's his version of the offense. Um, and, and it, and it's been retrofitted a bunch of times. I mean, you know, even Billy O'Brien took Josh McDaniel's offense and, um, you know, allowed sort of, you know, retrofit it for Deshaun Watson. Like, you know, Josh McDaniels always had plans for athletic quarterbacks, uh, potential for Lamar Jackson. He always liked those guys, the potential in his system. Um, so yeah, at this time, yes, but his, his, his scheme has been very adaptable. Okay. And so I was just going to say that if he were to come back, what does, that mean with regard to Mac Jones? Is there any connection there from your perspective? I don't think there's any connection there. I think, you know, and from, from what I've been told, you know, talking to people since the season ended and some of the stuff I've recently written on BSJ, I will say this. I have been stunned at the vitriol towards Mac Jones inside that building, coaches and players alike that I, I would be surprised if he's back. I think everybody wants to move on. From Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones wants to move on, but uh, yeah, I have just—I was stunned by that after the season, like how much people were out on Mac Jones. Okay, thoughts with Bedard on the Patriots and their current state, the the coaching staff, or Mac Jones, if you want that item. Uh, the games from this weekend with Greg, all coming up, and your calls right after these words. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Walmart, Nike, Bloomingdale's, Petco, Ugg, Sephora. So many more I could go on and on. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. When it comes to savvy shopping and saving money, Rakuten is a no-brainer. It's free and easy to join. That's Rakuten.com. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Rakuten. Now, more of Felger and Birds on the Sports Hub. 17-10, Kansas City. 19 seconds to the two-minute warning of the game. Third and nine, Chiefs at their own 46. Ravens, four-man front. Playing press on the outside. Mahomes will throw it in the pocket. He's launching one long. Marquez Valdez, Scantling, catches the ball at the Raven 30 on his backside. Shades of the catch he had against Cincinnati in the end zone last year in the AFC Championship game. Marquez Valdez-Scantling saving the best for last. This game is over, and you can doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs being the AFC champions for the fourth time in five seasons. The Chiefs have the Lamar Hunt trophy, and they're taking it to Vegas for Super Bowl 58. Obviously, that was the Chiefs' call from their win over Baltimore on Sunday, the AFC title game. Greg Bedard joins us from the Boston Sports Journal. Before we go to your calls, Greg, I'll give you a quick bite at the apple from the weekend games. Uh, what stood out to you the most? Uh, care to weigh in on Mahomes, Chiefs versus Brady, Patriots? Anything you got from the weekend? Your lead thought. So, I, I definitely agree with you guys that 
um, you know, what Dan Campbell did in that, in, in that game was just an affront to football. I mean, and, you know, you can say it's analytics based and it probably is. And he probably, but it does fit into his persona and what he wants to do as a coach. And I just think anytime you do too much of one thing, it's the wrong thing. Like you can't just go all in on analytics and you can't just also go all in on meathead gut instinct football. I mean, you need to use all the available tools to you and that includes analytics, but there is, there are things that you can't quantify that don't go into those formulas, including, you know, when, especially the first time where he passed up the field goal to go back up three scores in that third quarter, the, the, the psychological effect of going back up three quarters after, after they had just gotten to within two scores and the difference between being down three scores and then having to receive the kickoff and you get the ball, whatever at the 25 yard line, to, you know, now you're getting good field position and now you're only down two scores with a quarter and a half. It's, it, it's, it's night and day. If, if you would have gone up three scores there, the whole air would have come out of the stadium and the 49ers. They would have been like, God, we haven't made any progress at all. We're still down three scores. And how many, how much time's left? How many possessions are we going to have? Like it, it would be an uphill, a, re, a huge uphill climb right, for them. And, yeah, you're looking Pardon? at this. You're looking at this all wrong. Don't, don't you know what the next gen win probability stats were? Aren't you Aren't you aware of those? What are it's, you talking about? You're 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 actually talking about the game. Don't Don't mm-hmm. you understand what the math said? Yeah, dummy. I mean, you've got this all <laughs> yeah. again. Again, according to Will Leach, you are a lesser person, and will always proven to be wrong because you will not accept these new ideas. And I just I I feel bad for you. I feel bad for why, your family. Why not just? Why not just um, don't hire a head coach? Like right. just hire coordinators and just put a computer on the sideline and and just do everything by the script. I mean, I mean, it's worked wonders for the Dodgers, haven't it? Uh, hasn't it? When just, they get to the World Series and removing pitchers, just because hey, they've kind of done it in baseball. Just hire a guy to babysit the kids. Yep, exactly. And the game is managed by the formula and the algorithms, and and that's what I think Dan Campbell might be. I mean, on those decisions, I don't think he's making those decisions. I, 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 I really don't. I think he's there to pat him in the ass and get in their face and do all that thing. He's a conduit. I, I mean, it, it, they, they contradict themselves. The, the, the Lions. They want you to believe in, and, and I agree with this. That Dan Campbell is a great leader. It's his vision. This is how we're going to play football. We're going to bite kneecaps off. But then. When he's in game coaching, he's just going to be a slave to the numbers. Like, how does that match up? Like, they, they don't, they contradict each other. And on the other game, the Chiefs Ravens, the Ravens, it's just predictable. Like, and I have a lot of respect for John Harbaugh. I think he's done some, some good things, but he just, he and his coaching staff panic all the time. You remember a couple of years ago when they got upset at home and they just kept going forward on fourth down and you know, he was just like this is who we've been, you know, they just they panic, they don't know how to recover. They were only they were down uh what was it? 17 to 7 I think in that game at it, the most they trailed was 17 to 7. And they'd stopped running the ball. They stopped being who they were. They got into a drop back pass game. That's not, uh, uh, that's not Lamar Jackson's game. Like they could have kept bullying and giving body shots. Instead, they barely ran the ball. The Andy Reid had, I don't know, 32 rushes. The Ravens had four. They had eight, eight 16 yeah. total, eight by Lamar Jackson. I mean, that's a joke. 
Okay, your thoughts uh, out there. I'm talking to you. Anything for Greg? Colin in the car has a senior bowl question for Greg. Go ahead, Colin. Uh, yeah, well, not so much a question as uh, I would just like to say to watch out for uh, James Williams at the senior bowl. Uh, at, coming from a Miami fan, he's a future Patriots beast if we draft him. What, what, what position does he play? Safety. Okay, I'm not interested in your safeties. Sorry. No, we don't have enough of those. Who's down there quarterback-wise, Greg? Have you gleaned anything from that? So, yeah, uh, Bo Nix and uh, Michael Penix are both here. They're both on the national team, which is not the team that Troy Brown's the offensive coordinator, that he's the coordinator of, which is kind of odd. You think they would have rigged it that Troy Brown, if he's giving the Patriots any intel, would be with those guys. Instead, Troy Brown has Spencer Rattler, uh, who's short, a good player, Joe Milton, Michael Pratt from Tennessee oh, from Tulane. Tulane's an interesting guy. There you go. I don't think he's yeah, a pro. And then uh, I kind of like the Carter Bradley kid from South Alabama. He's got, I mean, late, you know, undrafted free agent. But that's Troy Browns. But Penix and Knicks are both on the same team, so you get to sort of uh, see them up close. I thought Penix was way better today. He's great when he's in rhythm. When he gets to his back foot and gets rid of it. Not many look better. The problem is, as we saw in the national championship game, if it gets off platform, and then that's also going to happen in the pros, it doesn't go so well. We have another Colin in the car on the Patriots for Greg. Go ahead, Colin. Yeah, that was amazing. Two Collins in the car. It's great. That's how big um, Yeah, so I'm a little curious, Greg, what you think about all of the coaching uncertainty with this level of pressure on getting the pick right should they go for a quarterback at all? Because it feels like that's a position that they could screw up at the draft and then screw him up on the sideline without the right guy there. Colin, it's a great point. It's a great question. Um, I don't know. I, I just know the Patriots need to get their crap together and they need to start figuring things out and they got to figure out who's making the final call. I mean, from the way they're aligned right now, the way it looks at the senior bowl, it looks like Mac Rose while he's still in his, his position as director of player personnel, which I think that's what they're going forward as, but it sure looks like uh, Grow is more the, uh, the college guy, the draft guy, which is that's the way he came up, and Wolf is more on the pro side, um, helping Mayo, always probably getting ready for free agency and stuff like that. But they got to figure this stuff out. I mean, you can't, you can't get serious about the quarterbacks until you know what kind of offense – and, and who's going to be coaching that guy? And right now, they're not there. Now, I, I would expect them to hire somebody probably by the end of this week. If it starts getting into next week, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like they, they gotta, they gotta start getting pointed in the right direction. Craig, how good is this draft or bad overall? Um, I, I haven't got a total sense of that. I, I like, I think it's, it's very top heavy. What everybody will tell you is because of, um, how many guys stayed in school with COVID years and things like that. And now the NIL, like not many guys have declared this year. I think it's between 30 and 40 guys underclassmen have declared for the draft this year where normally it's over a hundred. And I think Jim Nagy, the director of the senior bowl said at one point that like fifth round, basically like the third day of the draft you're starting to line up undrafted free agents because that's how bad the depth is in this draft. So if you basically don't want any draft picks on the third day, you want to trade them in the next year because of how thin this draft is. I think there's good talent all over the place at certain positions, tackle, wide receiver, cornerback, um, quarterbacks are decent. Um, but 
you don't want many late day picks. So are you starting to think the quarterbacks might be overrated now that you're really looking at them? No, I, I don't really have an opinion on them yet. I haven't, I haven't started to go into them. For me, you know, free agency is much more of a priority because that's first. And then we have until the end of April with the quarterbacks and their pro days and things like that. But, um, you know, I like all three of the top guys. Yeah. But let me answer it. Of course they're overrated. (laughs) I guarantee you they're overrated. You think they're going to be the top three players in the draft? One, two, three? No. No way. At least one of them is going to be terrible. One of them is going to suck. The second's just going to be bad, if not outright suck. And if you're lucky, one of the three is going to be okay. If you're lucky, one of the three is going to be okay. Of course they're over. I don't know a thing about them, and I can tell you right now, overrated. Which is why teams, I don't want to go on this rant, but it's why teams who suck and draft quarterbacks up here tend to continue to suck. I'm leaning tackle again. (laughs) It doesn't work. I am. Uh, More with Greg Bedard, three up, three down from Championship Weekend right after. The big game is here. The stakes are higher than ever, and there's no better way to turn that big game energy into 100 times your money than prize picks. Here's how it works. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their stat projections, and place your entry. It's that easy. You can turn $10 into $1,000 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Get in the lab and cook up your winning entry. Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live, even if one of your players leaves mid-game. Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks is matching your first deposit up to $100 when you download the Prize Picks app and use code GET100. That's code GET100 on Prize Picks for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. So what? Oh, um, I was so annoyed by that. So annoyed. 98.5 The Sports Hub. And now it's time for three. Touchdown, Patriots! Two big throws on this drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny. I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from BostonSportsJournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. On Belger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Get right back to your phones after we go three up, three down from Championship Weekend with Greg Bedard, presented by Telemore Do Irish Whiskey. Enjoy the game with the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cask matured Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Please drink responsibly. Three studs, three duds, three stars, and three loses from the championship weekend. Who's your number one star from the weekend, Greg? Travis Kelsey. I thought he was he was he was awesome. It was very Gronk like sort of later Gronk career type of thing with Brady. And uh the Chiefs absolutely had to have it. Steve Spagnolo. I think the brain power on the Kansas City sideline is the best, in fact, matter on the field as well, is the best of any team in the playoffs, and the defensive part of it is huge. Spagnolo completely pantsed the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Second. Patrick Mahomes. He's the new Brady. He's unbelievable. He's, he's one of those guys that you will now not bet against. The tandem of Mahomes and Kelsey. I mean, that, that was top-notch. It doesn't get any better than that. You know, again, Kansas City front and center. Uh, third star there, Greg. 
Trent Williams, 49ers left tackle. I thought he was outstanding in the game, just about a perfect game, and now he gets to go to the Super Bowl for the first time. Purdy and McCaffrey, I linked it together. Again, McCaffrey got the ball a crap ton in that game. I think it was 24 touches between the rushes and the receptions, but Purdy was dynamite in the second half. Again, big-time players, you know, uh, and I'm talking, and Purdy to me is not a big-time player, but played big time in the second half. Key spots, big performances. Three duds, number one dud from the weekend, Greg. So I've been deba- debating between these two guys. I kept flip-flopping them, but I'm going to end up going John Harbaugh as the number one. I just thought for them to do what they did in that game, to take the approach that to abandon the run so early, um, to not – I think Lamar Jackson talked about like they weren't expecting a lot of blitzes from the Chiefs. Maybe it's because he can run the ball, um, and they have to account for that. But John Harbaugh was on, he knows Steve Spagnolo really well. They were on the same staff for a while. Like he should know what Spags is going to do. And Spags, like Matt said, completely owned him. I mean, Harbaugh got completely out coached at home. The whole who has it, who has it better than us and you know, all that crap. And again, they fall flat on their face. Lamar Jackson, nobody's stock took a bigger hit on championship weekend than Lamar Jackson. I think his stock plummeted more than any other guy, at least for the players. I don't disagree with Harbaugh, but they put the game in his hands, and he failed miserably. Number two, Dan Campbell. Uh, he just he failed to manage the game. Like he, you know, he he had gotten to that point. Really good game plan that they came in with, attitude, all that stuff, how to play the game. They did it correctly, but when his team needed him to be a coach and have help present them a solution, like he just he just went for it and just completely blew it for the Lions. Aiden Hutchinson, 16 Detroit players on the field that were credited with uh, or that were listed in the Detroit defense on the stat sheet for that game. One of them had zero tackles. Hutchinson, I at least could have used a cutaway of his mother. Okay, not even Mrs. Hutchinson had a good day. Uh, Number three there, Greg. Yeah, Hutchinson got killed in that game. He did nothing. I think he had like three hurries in the game, maybe. Um, Lamar Jackson, MVP. you know, the, Spagnolo had a plan for him, totally thwarted him. I, Maz is exactly right. Like he, every year there's going to be more and more pressure. I mean, don't, don't talk about Lamar during the regular season. Nobody cares. He's got to get it done in the postseason. And I think he will. I, I, I respect the talent immensely. I think he's an, I think he's an incredible player. He's de- the way he's developed as a passer has been outstanding. I think he's great in that part of the game. They got him a new offensive coordinator to bring in the college sort of game this year. But again, he came up, he came up woefully short in a huge game. Josh Reynolds, he should write a freaking thank you note to Dan Campbell and the analytics dorks in the Lions because again, nobody's talking about him. Those were two horrendous drops. The second was worse than the first because obviously he had to kind of go to the turf for the first. He still should have had it. Those are, that's a big, those are big moments, big, big, big moments. And he all but soiled his white pants. Okay. There's your three up, three down with, but go ahead, Greg. Felger, by the way, on Reynolds. So last week we were talking about free agency and things like that and things that they could do. And I did mention Josh Reynolds as one of those potential free agents. Yeah. My bad. No more. No, no. Well, no, he'd fit right in. We'd barely notice him. Yeah, right. Just another Patriot <laughs> receiver. Let's go back to the phones. Here's something we haven't hit on yet with Greg. Tom in Philadelphia. Go, Tom. 
Yeah, hi. Uh, so, uh, uh, Bill Belichick going to uh, the Chiefs makes no sense. One, their defense is good. Their defensive coordinator is good. Uh, uh, what's his name? Maz just put him on the top list. Um, second, Bill has a different style of coaching than uh, Andy does. Uh, and the, if the, if anything goes bad, Pat's going to be like, uh, uh, this is not how we do it. We do it. Uh, uh, Andy's a more player-friendly coach. Bill's not. And what, he's going to bring his kids when they're a good organization to begin with? And second thing, stop blaming the Dan Campbell. It's the players that lost that game, not the not the coaches. No, it was the nerds. You're missing it. It was neither. It was the analysts. Uh, but Greg, uh, on that first point, the Schefter won't let go of Belichick to the Chiefs, which tells me there's there's something going on there. Can't tell you exactly what. Do you have a thought on it? I don't disagree with your instinct as far as Schefter goes, um, but I I just I can't see it, and you know. The, Bill going to that organization. I mean, it's, you know, we, I think we talked about it last week. Like it's, you know, they had the persona as this very nice, loose, you know, middle America organization. They're very open, um, with the, with the press, uh, with the fans. And you're going to bring in doom into that. Like I just, I really have a hard time seeing it. You know, the, the, the caller made a good point, Tom bringing up like what you're going to displace Pat Spags. Now, you know, could they work together? Maybe, but um, you would think that you would just worry about the offensive side of the ball. Spags would stay on. Maybe Spags becomes head coach um, and they keep everything else in place. You know, I don't know, but I, I, I really don't see it. I, I, to me, it's not a fit on a million different levels, but I just want it. I just want it so bad, but I, I, I agree. It, it's definitely not a fit. A long commercial free segment is next with Greg. Don't go anywhere. Mazig. Now, more of Felger and Mad. Now, on, on, on the Sports Hub. Two fourth down decisions that were critical in the second half. Neither mm. one was converted. Mm. Um, you know, particularly the second one. Why, why not take a, a field goal there and maybe stem the bleeding a little bit? Yeah, I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and, and not letting them play long ball. Um, you know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. Um, and I wanted to get the upper hand back, um, you know, and it's easy hindsight. And I get it, you know, um, I get that. But I don't regret those decisions. And that's hard. You know, it's hard because, you know, they didn't, we didn't come through. It wasn't able to, to work out. But I just, I don't, I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. Um, but you know, we just, just didn't work out. When we followed up on the fourth down decisions of Dan Campbell, the Detroit lions, I think Dan Campbell's the fall guy for what's really going on there in Detroit. And that is a team that is run by the analytics on the second floor. And Dan Campbell's just the front man for it. He just executes it and he's fine executing it because it feeds into his I believe in my guys. We're going to go balls to the wall, you know, mentality. So it works for him, too. He's happy to do it, but it's not his call. It's the guys upstairs. And the whole thing about decision, he uses the word decision. I don't think he made any decisions, Greg. The only decision that was made was the end of the second quarter when they actually kicked it. And I believe firmly it came from upstairs. Uh, But when you just go for it every time on fourth and three, that's not making a decision. That's just following a script. It's following a formula. You're not making decisions. You're just, again, following the data, following the algorithm, 
So he he wasn't making decisions. They were just doing what they were doing, and that's what that's what analytics are. And uh, that cost him a game, I think. Do you have any follow up thought before we go back to the phones? No, I mean I I just agree with you, and I I think that um, you know I, I'm sure somebody else and somebody else will email in and and tell you how I'm wrong, but hmm. I'm sorry, but. He, Look, I understand that that analytics have a place, and you could run a team like during the regular season and probably do well. It would probably help you maybe a game or two if you adhere to certain fundamentals and things like that. But has have any of these like big nerd groups, the big nerd teams, have any of them won anything? Like to me, they still fall. I mean, Brandon Staley was the the poster child for the analytics community, and he fell on his face repeatedly. Um, Dan Campbell did a nice job. Yeah, it probably helped them in the regular season. And over when you're using large sample sizes, okay, percentages help you. But when you're in one game scenario, one game seasons, that stuff should go out the window, or at least it should be the the, the analytical people should know that. All right, maybe we dial back on our formulas like X percent, you know, because these these aren't this isn't over 17 games or over the course of three seasons. This is now a one game season and. You know, examining the situation. Are you on the road? Um, you know, how many scores? What, what will that really what you need to ask is if we make this decision to go up through scores, how is that going to change how the other team plays? And you want to get the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, who is proven, I think was like, I don't know, one for 32 coming back in fourth quarters, um, in his career. You want to get them in a pass game because once you have to not worry about their run game, then that makes them a completely different team to defend. And how does that change the the win probability? So uh, I just think they again using using any tool too much is is the wrong thing to do. They're wrong. They're wrong. But they're so in love with the math and the science of it that they just can't they can't see it. And Maz made the best point ever. It took me a while to figure out what he was saying. Just just quickly, Mike, because what Greg just said. Billy Bean, my crap doesn't work in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But anyway, go ahead. Well, no, I mean, you pointed out Same this, with the Dodgers. this thing, the fourth and two, instead of going up 17 points and kicking a field goal to go up 17, the fourth and two, all the win probabilities had it a close call. The next, next gen stats, the next gen stats <laughs> had a win probability, if they go for it, of 86.8 and a win probability of 85.8 if they kicked it. So, man, as you pointed out what? Try and explain to the people what you explained to me. Okay, so the win probability, regardless of the choice. It's 1% higher if they went for it. Right. It's basically the same. You're, you're gaining a 1% chance to win, whether, you, you know, if you go for it over kicking. You follow that, Greg? Yes. It's basically mm-hmm. the same. The field goal has basically a 75% chance of succeeding, but going for it is a coin flip. It's 50% on, on those... Uh, fourth and three plays, right? I mean, it's 50-50. So why not just take the higher percentage play, kick the F and field goal, and get the same uh, same result? Do you follow that, Murray? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. get it? Like, if you kick the field goal, you have an 85% chance of winning. If you go for it, they have the win percentage of 86. So you're going to risk going for it on fourth down for that one extra percentage point? I mean, even if, even if I, even if Maz, thanks to Maz, 
we dig into the actual numbers and the rationale behind it. They don't work. It's wrong. It is. It's wrong. The numbers are. This is why I say so. So, so but the not slave- that I defend. Want to defend these squids? Are we maybe not factoring in something that they have on Badgley the kicker, like some sort of formula where he is in that in that range. Murray, entirely possible. He was seventy-seven percent from that range. Yeah, and again, so I, I was. It was a forty-five yard kick, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. So the the point being is the odds of making the kick are higher. Then the odds of converting on fourth down. Yet you're only gaining a, a one percentage on the win percentage, if that's what you're going for, by going for it. So why are you going for it? Because that's, so you're risking more for yes, the same game. Because you're, if you're a slave to the numbers, you just follow the numbers. As I said to Mike, it's like saying, well, I can bet 25 bucks and make 80, 85, or I can bet 50 and make 86. Yeah. Did you follow for that, Yeah. For that extra buck. I'm going to bet 50. Well, this is what... <laughs> Man, stupid. Yeah, this is stupid. what, for a lot of people, sports has come down to. It's unbelievable. It's so stupid. The people who follow sports Mike. in this fashion, I, I I, just, I feel bad for you. I feel bad for you that you look at a football game and watch a play and say, what's the EPA there? And what? And, 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 and what's now the win percent? Like, I just... That's really how you follow sports and you want us to consume it? Like, I, I, I honestly feel bad for that guy. Yes, uh, Greg. I was just going to point out that, like, you know, do, do people think I, – I wonder what the analytic com, analytical community thought about Bill's decision in Super Bowl Forty Nine to not call timeout. I think it was, like, right after Hightower's ridiculous play to bring down Lynch. Right. And, like, even I was saying in the press box, like, call a timeout. Like, save yourself some time. You ha- you might have a chance. But he, he looked at the other sideline and saw the confusion – on the Seahawks and factored that in on the fly. Like, I'm sure analytics said, call a timeout, give yourself a chance to win the game. But Bill went, it wasn't gut. It was it instinct. was instinct, you know, developed over years. So uh, the, a lot of guys want that taken out of the game. Will Leach and the Slowick guy on the ringer, like they think that is no place in the game. Never mind that it's more interesting. You know, but I guess they're not interested in that. They're, they're, they're interested in the math equation of it, which is just, it's sad. They, hey. want to, they want to eliminate the human element. Kevin in Scottsdale, Arizona. Quickly, what do you got? Yeah, hey, Mike um, and uh, Greg, uh, excellent observations, by the way. So the nerds, even the head nerd, the, the founding nerd, Albert Einstein, knew that um, algorithms and analytics weren't everything. He has a quote that says, not everything that can be counted counts. And not everything that counts can be counted. He knew momentum, wind. I'm going to stop you there before you give me too much Albert Einstein, but I get you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, People who are really smart, even the mathematicians who are really smart, know it's not all about the math. Uh, Todd in the car. Go ahead, Todd. Todd. Okay, babe, calls back. You know the number. Ted in Warwick, Rhode Island. Yes, Ted. Hey, guys, I, I was wondering what the um, football bouncing off a helmet and the uh, opposite, the, the guy running it for a touchdown has to do either with coaches or analytics. I'm with you on the analytics part, but the analytics didn't, didn't help the Lions drop about six balls, one of which was the fourth down, which Goff put right on the numbers. And the bottom line is the players need to make the plays, whether it's analytics or they're playing from their gut instinct. Okay, well, that's true. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from how the Lions collapsed. They absolutely crapped their pants. It was it was hard to watch. It was a meltdown like you've never seen before. So why were they so, ti- so tight 
when before in the first half they were so loose. What what was the one equation there that happened? So, what thing one thing happened that allowed doom to set in on that team? I'm Pressure. not sure. So look, I'm not saying one thing led to the other. I've never said that. Oh, I am. So I mean, like that's a leap, uh, and the nerd would look at you and go, "You're you know you're." That's a fallacy. You're making it up. That is something I can't quantify. But I, I mean, we've all watched sports when you, you know, when you, the psychological equation, which you can't quantify. You know, like these things factor in. Once they didn't get that fourth down, they screwed that up. What set in? Doom. The Lions still might have melted down because the Lions tend to melt down. They have my entire life. It was just the wrong decision to go for it on fourth and two instead of taking the 17-point lead. That's that's all I focused on. See, I think the analytics, all, all they're trying to do at the end of the day is really minimize the liability of the decision maker. They just want to put it all in the player. So that when the guy drops the ball, say, well, the play was there. It's like a, you know, I say a Belichick thing. It's a co- coaches do the same thing. And the play was there. But that, that to me, that's what drives it. No, no, no. We're making the right decision. They didn't just execute. They just didn't execute. Back with more with Bedard after Murray's 90-second update here. No commercials. Celebrate the holidays at an Arizona state park. Whether it's a cool-weather hike through the low desert, playing in the snow in the high country, or packing up the family in the RV and spending Christmas in the parks, just don't forget the presents. Arizona State Parks have something for everyone this holiday season. Find an Arizona State Park near you by visiting azstateparks.com. And happy holidays from Arizona State Parks. Into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. B-Pod Studios. The Felger Maz Podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, the show you'll be talking about. That was not me hemming and hawing. In therapy. Socks! Socks, stocks, stupid socks. It's Felger and Maz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Well, they certainly changed some scouting methods. That's clear. They, they, Bill has never drafted a receiver like this guy, not even close. Relative athletic score, says Bedard. So I, I did. I just Googled it. RAS, you're right. Relative athletic score. <laughs> and now they have it. View NFL draft by team. I would love to know if the Patriots had the highest RAS or if they, you know, can, I don't want to do this on the air, but I'll Google it. These freaking nerds log this stuff. So did, did the Patriots all of a sudden turn around and start drafting on relative athletic score? Whatever the hell that is. And it, now they've turned it over to nerds. Relative athletic score. Did you look this up? Uh, yeah, I, I haven't. Uh, I, you're you're I'm smirking. Not, yeah, the, the, no, no, I'm, I'm smirking because I, that's how the draft, draft felt to me. Okay, according to this Twitter account, which is appropriately uh, slugged Math Bomb, <laughs> at Math Bomb tweeted, Cole Strange was drafted with pick 29 of round one in the, in the draft class. He scored a 9.95 RAS. What is that again? Relative athletic score. Yeah, Nine show point, me your ass. Nine point. <laughs> keep going. Nine point nine five out of a possible ten. This ranked seven out of almost thirteen hundred offensive guards from nineteen eighty seven to twenty twenty two. His 
This nerd is regurgitating the RAS? Mm-hmm. RAS? Yeah, how's your ass? He's got a great RAS. <laughs> a perfect RAS. Now, we've been over the nerd thing for years and years. That was, I, I forgot about that. And I was reading from a Bedard thing. So they, the, the nerd, the analytics stuff has entered the draft. Relative athletic score, is that still a thing, Greg? Uh, yeah, as far as I know, yeah, they have these athletic formulas that say you're in the top, you know, whatever, 5% of athletes at your position and stuff like that, yeah. Don't you know, Cole Strange is hog Hannah. So <laughs> Cole Strange and Tyquan Thornton ranked high in RAS, and they both blow. <laughs> Strange is whatever, but yeah, Thornton blows. So it's like... You know, I, I, I mean, Matt Grow sounds to me like someone who would. You oh, know. I love a piece of rest. <laughs> uh, they're taking over sports, and we're not better for it. I get a hairy rest. R a s p e c t. Find out what it means to geeks. Larry and Melrose uh, with uh, Greg Bedard joins us from the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Go ahead, Larry. Great show as usual, guys. Um, been a Lions fan for 65 years, so you know I'm no I'm oh. Albert Einstein. Uh, but you got to help me out. So they're going to go for, for, on fourth down. You don't make it. You don't get any points. You kick it. You get three. But fine. Go for the four point or go for the uh, fourth down. Why would you pass the ball? They've been running chunk plays all day long. They, why wouldn't you run it there? I, okay, I'll just stop you there. Do you have a problem with the play calling per se, Greg, not the decisions necessarily to go for it on fourth down? No, I, I, I thought they were fine plays once they decided to go for it. Um, you know, the Reynolds play was there. I, you know, I liked I, – I hated the second the second fourth down play, like just the decision at that point, like not to tie the game. It just drove me up. I was on a plane flying here, and I was ready to, like, beat Giardi um, when that <laughs> happened. But, yeah, I – I was okay with it. I mean, the 49ers are freaking good. Like, you know, they, they had troubles at times. The Lions offensive line definitely owned the early part of that game, the first half into the second half, and they sort of went away from it. But they also countered. Like, the 49ers aren't idiots. So I thought they did a good job in the second half. So uh, that's another thing I'd like to know. W- once they recommend going for it, did they then give you the play? I don't know. Like, so, so- – probably. So if you wanted to run like a fake punt, that's cool. I don't know. I just like when when I get frustrated with football in, in my house, the dogs go in another room because they can sense it. <laughs> with Bedard, he wants to beat the bag out of Jardy. He grabs Mike Jardy and starts beating him like a, a bag. He should be like, oh, who's the guy that used to call us? He used to suffocate his roommate. Oh, yeah, Frank the Tank. Oh, yeah, Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank, we got frustrated with the Bruins, would put a pillow over his roommate's head and try and suffocate him. <laughs> hey, I mean, you need an outlet. Uh, we got Mark and Bill Ricker with a very important question that we haven't answered yet. Go ahead, Mark. All right, guys. I'm looking. Uh, this is for Bedard. Um, I know the offensive line sucked um, last year. Any uh, insight as far as who they're looking at to be the uh, O-line coach? Pretty important uh, item, wouldn't you say, Greg? Uh, yes, I would say it's 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 vital to have a good offense, uh, a good football team, to have a good offensive line coach. Um you know, from what I understand, I don't know Adrian Clem's situation. I do know that his his uh, quoted health situation was a hundred percent legit. That that was he was having serious issues, and uh, a lot of people were thankful that he didn't end up getting uh, going on the Germany trip, or else his life could have been in danger. 
um, with that long of a flight. Um, so I, I'm not sure where that leads him. It might lead him to take some time off. Um, but to me, I'm not hiring the offensive line coach until I get the offensive coordinator. I want, I want the offensive coordinator, just like I said last year with Bill O'Brien, you bring in the offensive coordinator, let him hire the people who could teach his scheme. He needs to have an offensive line coach that can, that, that can draw up the blocking schemes for what he's going to do. There's no point in hiring an offensive line coach unless it's like a Bill Callahan or somebody like that. And, and, and then getting the offensive coordinator. They, they have to get the OC and then let him hire the, the offensive line coach. Allen and Brockton on Bill Belichick. Go ahead, Allen. Hey, uh, guys, maybe I missed something earlier, but um, what is wrong with Andy Reid and where would he be going? I mean, he's in the middle of a dynasty right now. Why would you bring in Belichick? It would be like us bringing in Andy Reid 12 years ago when the Patriots were in the middle of their dynasty. Well, what was I don't wrong understand with that? the whole logic. Well, if Belichick stepped aside in the middle of the run, why wouldn't you want Andy Reid? Well, he's saying that he didn't know that Andy's... Well, no, no. I mean, the first piece is Andy Reid walking away. Yeah, he didn't know that. Okay. So, like, the, it's been supposed by Mike Florio, Adam Schefter, and others that Andy Reid... The Chiefs are preparing for the possibility that Reid could retire after the season. They don't know if he's going to, but the, the Chiefs have made some rumbles about we may need a succession plan. So that's where you start. So if Bill were going to walk away in 2010. Yeah, if he left in 2010 and Reed came in, they would have been just fine. I mean, yeah, so like that to be a good replacement. Someone to pick up, you know, the the mantle. I mean, it, it, it'd be a weird thing there with McDaniel's offense versus Reed's offense. I don't know if that's a good fit, but you know what I mean. A sure. Established guy to come here and keep the hands on the steering wheel and just don't F up a good thing. I don't know. And that's why that that's the only way Belichick would make sense in Kansas City, is that he's just obviously, even though he's lost his fastball, you know, he's qualified. He wouldn't f the thing up, and he's been there before, obviously. But on no other level does it make sense because I I don't know does, I mean, if I'm the Chiefs, I wouldn't want to get rid of Spagnola. I wouldn't want Bill running the defense. I'd want Spagnola running the defense, Greg. Yeah, I mean, did you see the T-shirts that those guys had printed up in Spags We Trust? And, you know, I think he's obviously on top of his game. You know, I'll just say, we heard these same rumors about Bill Belichick at the 2011 Super Bowl. I think that was the second Giants Super Bowl. And Bill ended up winning three more Super Bowl titles with the Patriots. Okay. Oh, look, hey, maybe there's a... Maybe Andy Reid's negotiating with the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is Reid trying to leverage the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, all this stuff. Like, maybe Reid is up or Reid wants a raise... Or Reed is threatening to retire unless More sandwiches. Well, unless he gets better sandwiches in there or what I mean, I don't know. But like maybe there's a play there. And maybe it's the Chiefs who are saying, Oh, Andy, you want to walk? Well, we'll just get Belichick. Like, I mean, you know, who knows? It could yeah. be anything like this. I just don't I, I just the only thing I don't believe is that Adam Schefter is reaching into his ass and pulling something out of it. Like someone's playing somebody. Someone's playing a game out there. And maybe it's legit. Maybe there is no game and it's just real. Believe what you want to believe. That's what I want to believe, Adam. That someone's saying something somewhere about something. Do I sound firm on that? You do. And I'm with you 100. percent I hope. Let, it's... Let, let me repeat for you one more time. <laughs> in case I hope you didn't hear that before. I, I'm sorry, I heard it. I I hope it's legit. Probably someone's yanking someone's wanky. Okay, and we're just getting wrapped up in it. But I don't know, Greg. I want Bill in the league. I want Bill in the league. I think the I think the league's better I off. I know you do. If he's still in it, you know, for our purposes, we need something to follow. As an A plus. 
same kind of guy. Thank you, Adam. Because I know. We, by the way, the local I'll, team is I'll not going to be this, Michael. Yeah, a plus ten kind of team. Go ahead. I'll just say this. Um, I wouldn't rule Bill out for this year quite yet. Oh, oh. the big fella's been holding. This is breaking sports he's news. Been, he, all day, all day. He's been holding out on us down there. Well, that's timely constipation, holding on to something, Interesting. Greg. The Bama boy was all blocked up until 513. Why wouldn't you rule out something this year? Uh, I, I don't want to go into it. I, look, there was a lot of chatter about you know, the commanders at one point in time, like, and I think they got left at the offer by Ben Johnson. Um, I think with Adam Peters, who worked with the Patriots for Belichick at one point in time before he went to San Francisco, I could, and Bill being maybe a little bit desperate, you know, maybe playing too strong of a hand with the, with the Falcons, maybe at the prospect of being shut out and never getting another job and never catching Don Shula. Maybe he's changed, you know, his demands and would be okay with, hey, you, you do whatever you want with person. I'm fine with Adam Peter. He can pick all the player. I'm just going to coach. Yeah. Look, I, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying, like, look, there's, I would say there's one job that's big in flux right now. Um, we'll see where Seattle goes. Nobody's quite sure what John Schneider's going to do, but there's another job still out there. And, and just like we said before the end of the season, there were a lot of things, a lot of reasons why that made sense for Bill. Okay. All right. But the commander's on the board. There's hope. I just need the man in the league. And that's all I'm saying. We got 10 questions with Bedard. Bedard's doing four to six today, if you haven't noticed, because he's at Mobile. It was a practice today from two to four. So we've switched his time slot. And uh, the, uh, the 20 past the hour, 10 question segment with Bedard. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day. And for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry, with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Felger and Oh, and don't forget Murray on the Sports Hub. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, this is 520 instead of uh, 420. I'm sorry. 520 instead of 320. Greg's got us all screwed up because he pushed his segment back uh, today because he's down at the Senior Bowl in Alabama. Either By the way, way, Felger, Yo. there were two practices today. You keep saying one. There were Wh- two. Whatever. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you were at practice, so you had to move back your stint. So now we're doing 10 Thank questions you. now. Format's the same. 10 questions, 10 minutes. We've got to stay on time. Jimmy, what are our buzzer options? You get Adam Scheffler. Okay, Scheffler, either way. I, I got you. Sam, how much did you guys offer Yamamoto? <laughs> uh, not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent job there. Jimmy, I don't think that was quite... But anyway, go ahead. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. <laughs> it's a good story. It's Bill doing the tomahawk chop there in uh, Kansas City. Yeah, I'm in Kansas City. Yep. 
Hampus Lindholm. L-I-N-D-H-O-L-M. Very good. Just in case you weren't sure who pinched on that play against uh, who the hell was that? Carolina last week. Go. Last one. Are we wrong to call these people nerds? No. Exactly. Number 10. Hit it. (laughs) Give me one. Are we wrong to call these people nerds? No. Rank the best quarterbacks in the league, Greg and Maz and Murray. Not necessarily in order. And just stop when you get to Brock Purdy. Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, Stafford, Lamar, Herbert, Dak Prescott, Cousins, Stroud, Trevor Lawrence, Brock Purdy. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So was that 10th or 11th? I think that's 10th. Okay. Nope. 11th. 11th. He has him as 11th. Maz? Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Prescott, Goff, Love, Stafford, Stroud, Herbert, Watson, and then a pile with Purdy in it. That wasn't the question to add. put him in a pile. The question was the number. Purdy. That's 11. Uh, I got 14 before I get to him. You want them all? Yeah, go ahead. Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Love, Herbert, Lamar, Stroud, Murray, Prescott, Stafford, Lawrence, Rogers, Hertz, Cousins, then I guess Brock Purdy. You guess Brock Purdy. Rogers. Yeah. And so you got Cousins ahead of Brock Purdy. Yep. Why do you say it like that? Taller, better arm. But, yep. Yeah. It's a stiff. <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> oh, Purdy. Oh, yeah. No, give me that corn. Oh, yeah. You're the best. What a story. Oh, Mr. Irrelevant now makes the Super Bowl. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Purdy. Oh, it's the best. What a story. Oh. <laughs> Next. You get Adam Scheffler. That's what I was looking for. Number nine. Who was your favorite player from the two conference title games on Sunday? Penny Sewell, the Lions oh right tackle. God. That guy's awesome. No, he's good. He, he is. He's he, awesome. He is good. He is good. He's awesome. But I need to pick an offensive lineman. <laughs> By the way, all sorts of one-on-ones between offensive and defensive linemen today. It was Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who couldn't see, uh, Greg was literally rubbing himself. Yes, he, he was. That. Fondling, that was for you, Matt. Fondling yeah. his chest. Yeah. I went with uh, Fred Warner, linebacker for the Niners. I love that guy. Love his game. Love it, love it, love it, love uh, it. Yeah. Mahomes. It wasn't his flashiest game. Completed his first 10 passes. Ran when he needed to. Threw it, away, threw, threw it away when he needed to. He was the reason that the Chiefs won that game. Travis Kelsey. I lo- nothing more. Do I like then a guy stepping up in a big game, a big game player playing a big game in a big moment when it matters most. That is what it's all about. He has not had a good year. He's not been the same guy, but when the chips were on the table, that whole thing, he balled out. I love that. Next. Hampus Lindholm. L-I-N-D-H-O-L-M. Very good. If you could start it, if, if you were starting a team and could pick between these four quarterbacks, who would you take? Give it to me in order, okay? You're an expansion team, and you can start with one of these four quarterbacks, but then rank them. Here they are. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, Lamar Jackson. Herbert slightly over Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jordan Love. I, I just think, you know, I know I'm sure Murray's going to have something to say about Justin Herbert, but I just think he's been let down by the coaches. I think that Josh Allen's had his chances. These, these might have been his best chances, and he was certainly let down by people, but um, just not good enough yet. Allen Herbert love Jackson. 
Jackson's fourth on that list. He is. Uh, I have Allen, Love, Herbert, Jackson. Jackson fourth on that list. Yeah. So just a thought on Lamar Jackson here, Greg, coming off of that game. Yeah, I think uh, the pressure's just going to ratchet up on him. He has to come through. Now, again, I do think that he's another one of these guys that has been let down. I just Their offensive approach, their panic, the, the panic that goes through the Ravens when things don't go as planned, it just at least on the coaching staff, it just annually it astounds me. And I think that Lamar was somewhat of a victim of that. Uh, I thought they should have been more physical. They should have asserted themselves and been the more physical team. And I think they just they get away from from things too quickly. And I don't think that's Lamar's fault, but he's that's that's the price you pay when you you play quarterback and you're the MVP of the league. Next, Sam, how much did you guys offer Yamamoto? <laughs> uh, not enough. All right, <laughs> some have suggested that the conference title games should go to neutral sites. Or perhaps, I haven't heard many people say this, but maybe even split between Saturday and Sunday. Your thoughts on if they should do any of those things? I am a fan of splitting the games between Saturday and Sunday. I don't know why we need to have them both like rushed on, on a Sunday night. Um, I like I like marinating over one game for a while, maybe putting additional pressure on the next game, uh, but neutral sites, no way. Either I want home field advantage to mean something. I like the atmosphere of Patrick Mahomes going into the, you know, in Baltimore, Tom Brady going into Kansas City and knocking off Mahomes. Like those are iconic moments in the NFL. Leave it the way it is. The, the, first of all, the buy thing is important and to be able to play that game on your home field. Uh, incentivizes the regular season. And then secondly, and I know it's a minor thing, but two weeks before the Super Bowl, I want the, everything to be equal. Two weeks before, everybody gets the same number of time, put both games on the same day. I like it the way it is. The neutral side thing is repulsive because you know that it's the, these greedy whore owners trying to sell naming rights, putting in domes or warm weather, warm weather cities. It's great to have these. You earn it, and to earn it, you sometimes get the weather advantage too, so I want that. The split thing, I kind of like the thought of it. Makes it feel bigger. Don't touch it. But you know it's got to be on the table. The Chick-fil-A NFC Championship yeah. game. You the know, BK Bowl. The Midas. It's uh, the Whopper. AFC Championship game. Hate you, it. You know what I mean? It's coming. Hate it. Neutral site, sponsor. Like the, you, you know that's on the table. That's a potential moneymaker for him. Anyway, next. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> there you go. Uh, 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 uh. It's a good story. Thoughts on the broadcasters. What grade would you give Tony Romo? How do you feel about Tom Brady replacing Greg Olson in the Fox booth? I think Greg Olson has been outstanding. He's been tremendous all the way along. I will say that Tony Romo, I killed Tony Romo last year, and he totally deserved it. I will say he was better this year. He actually looked, it sounded like he watched film this year as opposed to last year. He just played golf and showed up and talked out of his rear end like we normally do. Um, but... Man, that is, it's a tough act to follow for Brady, you know, replacing Greg Olson. Uh, but look, I don't bet against Tom Brady in any sort of realm. Uh, uh, Romo gets a C, and Brady should start in the middle of the pack, frankly. Like, they shouldn't just give him the top spot. I take Olson over Brady every time. I'm giving him like 40, 
seven million dollars. I don't a care year. how much they're paying him. You got to earn the job. He's not going to be getting. I'm sorry. He's not going to be getting Saints Panthers. He, Ols- he should be. Olsen's currently the best. Hammer Aikman. So Brady better not be a stiff. But you can't start him on like low level games. We're not talking about Beasley Reese type stuff here. And Romo gets a D. I would give him an F. He was an F last year, but he gets a D. He was good at times in this game the other day. I like the baseball background stuff with Mahomes with the low snaps. But otherwise, like how much can you? Yeah, I don't He's behind a lot of plays. He's like he's on he's on his own personal five second delay or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, Jim. It's just Jim. Uh if you bet against Brady on the T B twelve, you're a winner. If you shorted T B twelve, so I don't know. Football wise, I guess I wouldn't bet against Brady. Otherwise, it tends to be different in the real world. I don't know how he could be good. He'll be prepared, he'll try. But he's going to tell me who screwed up and why? That's all I want to know. Who screwed up and why? He ain't going to do that. Next. Are we wrong to call these people nerds? No. <laughs> biggest tool bag. <laughs> biggest tool bag from conference championship weekend. Greg. The nerds for trying to nerdsplain to us why Dan Campbell wasn't wrong, why Andy Reid wasn't wrong, taking the free points when they got a turnover and kicking a freaking field goal early in that game. I'm just... I'm tired of it. Like, anytime you say take the points, all you do is hear from these nitwits on Twitter about, like, you know, how you're old and things like that. Like, no. Like, there are, there's ways to play football, and there's, there's a happy medium. Zay Flowers, congratulations. You had the two stupidest plays of the weekend. Finger-wagging nerds. Greg Fing- said it all. Finger-wagging nerds, although that was a good one, Mass. Next. You get Adam Scheffler. Okay, or Schefter. Uh Greg, you are not going to the Super Bowl this year, Correct. Correct. What about the week will you really not miss? Um, everything. But no, seriously, I mean, the whole radio row concept, like, you know, these guys, these people walking around with handlers and, you know, former players and all this stuff, like, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's tired, man. I, I, it just drives me up a wall. Can I give you a short answer? The PR people. I, I, if I were not going, I would not miss the PR people. Make sure he asks about Old Spice. If he's gonna do- <laughs> yeah, no, that is that is pretty annoying. Uh, do you have anything that you wouldn't miss? Uh, uh, no, I like going. Me too. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it all in stride. Yeah, the PR people, I can't stand them. Next. Sam, how much would you guys offer Yamamoto? <laughs> uh, not enough. <laughs> well, it, it, it's something I really wouldn't miss is my Wednesday hangover. Or mm. Murray's edibles, or th- things, that, or Julie Russell pile driving shots down my throat. Like that's what I wouldn't miss if I wasn't going. Oh, give me something you will actually miss, Greg. What will you actually miss? So when I when I did go to the Super Bowl, um, especially when the Patriots were there, I loved. I would work my rear end off through Thursday, which is basically when availabilities for the team ends, and then. You know, being off in a nice warm weather city from basically you would have Friday, Saturday until the game on six o'clock on Sunday. So play golf, eat nice meals, enjoy the weather. Like that was my favorite part of the week. Oh, uh, what um, would you miss if you weren't going? The Mad Dog interview. I like the Mad Dog interview. Belichick. Uh, the looseness of the week. It's just fun. You know, you have like a Super Tuesday. A Super Tuesday wouldn't happen at any other time during the calendar, you know, so I would miss that. So, uh, what would I miss if I, uh, what would I miss? I don't know. I like the week too. 
We just do something different. I'll I'll probably come up with something here in a second, give it to you late. Anyway, next. Uh, 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 uh. (laughs) There you go. It's a good story. All right. What's the one storyline next week that will be talked about a lot that you would just like to ignore, Greg? Probably, I mean, from my perspective personally, just anything related to the Patriots last season, the dysfunction, Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, like um, hopefully the Patriots move on so we can all move on because. Wait a minute, that's what you that want to just ignore? not fun. Well, that's all we're doing next yeah. week. That's the best stuff. What are you talking about? <laughs> what, what story would you I'm like just to. I'm telling you. What story would you like to ignore, Mass? Uh, the Roger Goodell press conference. I would like to skip that entirely. Mr. Irrelevant has made the Super Bowl. Oh, give me that corn on the cob, Purdy. Oh, oh, Purdy. Oh, Purdy, what a story. What a story. Oh, no one wanted him. And here he's the Super Bowl. What a story. Purdy. That or Taylor Swift's trip from Japan. Can ah, she make it to the game? Ah, finally we get to the uh, meat of the matter. Next. Are we wrong to call these people nerds? No. Speaking <laughs> of Taylor Swift, for all you a-holes, for all you cynical a-holes, who said Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey were fake. All you haters and doubters who said it, she was just doing it to promote a movie or a tour or whatever. Can I please officially cash in my receipt on that and get you to admit you were wrong? I'm not really talking yes. to you, Greg. You didn't really weigh in on the Taylor Swift thing. I'm talking to these two or any of you out there. I was with you. I said it was real from the jump. No. Yeah. We did it on the off-air show like three different times. So you said it was real? Yeah. Mass? Again, you hear only what you want to hear. You <laughs> said it was fake. You said it was... You were just one you of these people You definitely said, said it was fake. You Mass. said it'd be done as soon as your movie was out or whatever. That's what everyone was saying. Wait a minute. I wasn't talking about me. I was talking about Murray. That you only hear what you want to hear. Oh. <laughs> no, I definitely well, that, you know said what? that. Yeah. That just proved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I definitely said that. Yeah, get it over with. Come on, get it out of your system. Get it out. Receipt. Float. Felger, by the way, I, I'm with you on that, but I got to say, like, the kisses in the post game, I don't know, little over the platonic ish. Disagree. Disagree. You don't think that was. Maybe okay. I need more video on that stuff. I, I thought that cinched it. That that was a that was a genuine warm embrace. I didn't see any tongue. You're not going to make out like that with some, like your significant no, other. Just the way she like coworkers. You, speak for yourself. You can just see it. That's not fake. Yeah, it seemed genuine to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not telling you it's going to last. But that was that was real on whatever level it is. It's real. You know, FanDuel's got odds on whether or not you can. Uh, they're going to get pro- propose. He's going to propose to her at the end of the game. I don't think anything like that's going to happen. They haven't gotten overly corny. People have gotten overly corny. And she, I admit, I don't like the look of her in the luxury box. Like, she's never seen a touchdown before. Like, okay, but w- whatever. She's probably never watched a football game in her life. She, she doesn't know how to act. She's not a real, she doesn't have a real life. So she probably doesn't know how to re- act. But I, I would just say, like, did, does she go on Instagram or Twitter or any of these things and, like, post lovey-dovey stuff for Travis Kelsey? Not that I've seen. I, my, my guess is she does nothing. If he proposes after the game, I'm going to vomit. I don't think they've done anything. They, they haven't done anything remotely like that. No, no, I would agree no, with that. That's pretty low-key. In kept, terms of them, it's everyone else that's been over the top. Of they've them. kept their mouth shut. They're not all over social media. She's not doing schlocky, uh, you know, promotional sort of crap like that. Neither is he. They're just doing their thing, and no one can seem to deal with it. I thought you were going to say they're just doing. Well, or maybe. <laughs> or they're just doing. 
or they're just doing it, or they're just doing their thing. Well, it's everyone else that's ran with it. And everyone else is losing their crap in one way or the other. It's a commentary on everybody, not them. They're just doing a thing. You feel the need to defend this, huh? Whatever it happens to be, 100%. Because, because everyone was just so wrong. When for, oh, this is fake. They're just doing it for publicity. She'll die. It's over as soon as the movie comes out. It's over as soon as the tour is over. It's a blah, blah, blah. All wrong. All wrong. Paparazzi police. Just own it. <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes we're right. Sometimes we're wrong. You all were wrong on this. It's just a real little thing, whatever it is. Captain Paparazzi. Here's an update with Murray. We'll wrap it up with your call, uh, calls with uh, Greg Bedard right after this. The big game is here. The stakes are higher than ever, and there's no better way to turn that big game energy into 100 times your money than prize picks. Here's how it works. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their stat projections, and place your entry. It's that easy. You can turn $10 into $1,000 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Get in the lab and cook up your winning entry. Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live, even if one of your players leaves mid-game. Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks is matching your first deposit up to $100 when you download the Prize Picks app and use code GET100. That's code GET100 on Prize Picks for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Now, now. Belger and Maz continues. Bedard, Cam, and Taunton. What do you got for us today, Cam? Hey, guys. I got the uh, best analytics story of all time for you. So I'm actually friends with someone from Detroit. So he's a big Tigers and Lions fan. 2013 LCS Game 2, the Ortiz Grand Slam. He looks me dead in the eyes and says, you know, if John Fowler were smart here, he'd pinch it Daniel Nava for David Ortiz because he has a better analytic against whoever the pitcher was that gave up the Grand Slam. Again, which factors in that no one factors in in that crowd that David Ortiz is the most clutch baseball performer maybe ever in the postseason. And analytics people hate Ortiz for that reason because they don't believe in clutching late. So because he's also a Lions fan, when I woke up Monday morning, I texted him, reap what you sow. Well, this is what, again, <laughs> Will Leach, this is what he wrote. Joaquin Benoit, by the way, is the guy, the name you're looking Very for. Very good, man. He said, uh, Will Leach wrote that Campbell was simply doing what gave his team the best chance to win, which is what every coach, coach has tried to do forever. His strategy didn't work, but he made it clear after the game that he'd do it again because that's what playing probabilities is. It sure beats trusting your gut. Coaches like Campbell will keep doing the same thing and thriving because of it. Sports are about winning and finding new ways to do it. And math always wins. That's why it's math. Writing that after they lost, by the way. That's the thing. Like, If you wanted to write that On the day... They lost because of their analytically driven decisions. If he wrote something like that, had they won, it'd be annoying, but fine. You'd have, like, you know, you could have a real thing to point to. 
They lost, you a-hole. <laughs> he says, you have people who are trying to learn, and you have people who have decided that what they already think is just fine. Thank you very much. Perhaps not coincidentally, as the years go by, the first group tends to transform into the second. But, and this is what's most important, in the end, the second group always loses. So the group that doesn't in, embrace analytics and sports always loses. On the day, we won. Think of that. <laughs> Can't talk to these people. It's really unbelievable. Uh, we've got Mike in Bridgewater. Go ahead, Mike. Before I uh, say my take, for all the baby Patriot fans out there, get used to seeing Kansas City in the Super Bowl. It ain't going anywhere. But teams who use analytics are for coaches that are not capable of making a decision on their own or teams that don't trust their coach. And then one more quick question, Mike. When uh, Jack Edwards is out, what do you think of uh, Drew Carter's clone calling the game for the Bruins? Yeah, I, 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 I confuse the two. When I've heard this guy, what's his name? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. No, they sound a little like there's yeah. no question. No, like when I first heard, I'm like, did this dude get the Bruins gig too? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, hey, look, there's like analytics and sports. The guy that sounds like that out of Syracuse has sort of taken over our world. Biscuit in the basket from young Matty Potra. <laughs> Ryan Westwood. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> the nerds are being nerds. By calling in about being called nerds. Yes, and, and these analytics people, they're so mad because they don't have a decimal point or a division sign for the situational emotion and pressure. It doesn't factor in. It's just purely numbers in, numbers out. I'm just sitting here thinking of like Drew Carter calls. Do it. Bro- <laughs> what a play by Parker Wartherspoon. I would call that a Warther's original. <laughs> You can I, suck on that, New Jersey Devils. <laughs> I told you I met him the other day. Yeah. Right? You said he's just like what you, you hear. Exactly the same. So he's, this isn't a put-on. This is how he Hey, Felger. What's up, big guy? You've been at this a long time. Hope to have the same success that you do one day. Big fella. What's happening? It was exactly the same thing. Yeah, play-by-play guys are a different breed in general. I You've heard say. him spell it out before. L-I-N-D-H-O-L-M. Lindholm. <laughs> John in the truck, go. Learn to pinch. Yes, I want to ask Bedard about Michael Owenu. There's a lot of talk out there that he's telling people he won't be back with the Pats. If that's true, uh, how do you build your offensive line and uh, do you change your draft strategy and take an offensive lineman. Okay, thoughts on Michael Wenner. Why is he gone, Greg? Why don't they just pay him and keep him? It's a great question. I mean, I I don't understand the reports. I think there were uh, it, there was some report. I don't know who it was, but said that they thought that Michael Wenner was gone. Um, I don't know that to be the case. I mean, what if the Patriots are just the highest bidders? What if they place the franchise tag on him? They could. Um, they could do that and maybe trade them down the line. I don't know. Um, you know, as far as the Patriots offensive line, I mean, I need to look at this a little bit more, but I'm starting to come over to, I think the Patriots should go in full rebuild mode. That includes letting their free agents sign elsewhere, getting the comp, at least working the comp pick formula so you maximize what you get. I know you're going to hate it because it's after the third round and all that stuff, but still, I think – you know, the chances of the Patriots doing a quick rebuild um, aren't great. So why not go fully with the rebuild? 
I mean, I feel like that. I feel that's what we're doing so far. Yeah, no, exactly. This is where they're headed no, anyway. No. This fe- this staff feels like a lottery coaching staff. Yeah. If they had a lottery, you know what I mean. I'm telling you, I'd take a tackle in the first round. I'm leaning that way. Let's do some emails here. Yeah. yeah. Hit it. It's the Coleman Electric Email of the Day. <laughs> Dear Phil, Felga, I really hate you. And you know what? And I think Maz is a boob. That's electric. It's electric. <laughs> the Coleman Electric Email of the Day. It's, it's electric. electric. Send yours to Felger at 985thesportshub.com. Email today brought to you by Coleman Electric, a bunch of really good electricians helping homeowners like you. When you need an electrician, call Coleman. It's electric. It's electric. Is electric. K U H L M A N. Subject line trolling tool bag. Steve, frequent emailer from De Pere. I believe that's De Pere, Wisconsin. I think he's a, oh, one, of, yeah. one of our Sconner homeboys. Yeah. <laughs> he writes in trolling tool bag. How would Drew Carter say that? He is a trolling tool bag. That's <laughs> what you are. I have things to say to you. Felger, seriously, just admit your main enjoyment in life is trolling Boston sports fans, mm-hmm. but mainly the Pats. Obviously, most of us appreciate Mahomes' greatness, and the Chiefs are mirroring the first part of the Pats' dynasty. Steve from DePier. So there's, there is now, Greg, I don't know if you'd get, I don't expect you to follow all this. This is talk show stuff. But there is now, Murray, and you know this now, like this whole backdoor wave of Weasley Patriots fans trying to tell me, no, we we don't resent Mahomes. We're not defensive of the Chiefs. We recognize his greatness. We're not rooting against him. You're making that up. That that's a straw man, Felger. We totally understand his greatness. And and you can it. you can sniff it out, but you. You should be able to be actually duped by these people because you don't live in the internet because that's where you see it. That's where you find that this is a lie. Like, oh, oh, no, no. I know. Yeah. I, I can feel it. You can it. feel it. I can yeah, feel gotta... it bleeding through the air. I mean, those two weeks, the week, the Super Bowl week last, remember last year? The anti-Chiefs just, you know, you could just feel it dripping. It's the tonality of the bitchy call. I don't know where you get this. I don't have any okay. problem with Mahomes. So, but now I think Patriots fans are now sensitive to the obvious bitchiness. And how, how small they look and how petty they look. They say, well, no, wait. No, 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 no. No, we've always respected. No, you liar. Liar. But I've been talking to you people every day for years. Yeah, you can't fool me. I've been here for it. It's okay. You resent the Chiefs. That's the way it's been. If you, if you change your tone, I'll, I'll, you know, but I don't sense that. And you can't weasel out of it now. And as evidence, I'll give you this. Jonathan writes in, be consistent. Felger, be consistent, he says. If Brady and the Patriots were to score zero points in the second half of the AFC Championship game and still win by seven because the opponent had two end zone turnovers, you would be laughing at them and calling it a fake win. Criticize the Patriots organization, past or present, all you want. Just be consistent when it comes to other teams and players. Also, Mahomes did not score a touchdown in the second half of last year's AFC AFC Championship game either. So this guy's trying to tell me we should be ragging on Mahomes for his performance on Sunday. I see. He sucked. He didn't score in the second half this AFC title game nor last year's AFC title game. Mm-hmm. And he only won because the opponent had two end zone turnovers. And if the Pats had been that team, we'd be criticizing the Pats. So now we should criticize the Chiefs and Mahomes and call it a fake win. He, all, he goes on to say if Mahomes' losses, 
I'm sorry. If Mahomes loses the Super Bowl this year, he's headed into next season with two Super Bowls in his seven years as a starter. On pace with Eli Manning. Ha, 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 ha. I laugh at your fake goat. Your fake goat is Eli. Ha, 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 ha. I present this as evidence of the bitchy, defensive Patriot fan who is protective of the Patriots and Brady's legacy vis-a-vis the Chiefs. Exhibit number 4,568. <laughs> Did a dirty diaper come with that email? Thank you. Don't tell me I'm By making the way, it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just don't tell me I'm making up that you've been a bunch of bitches about the Chiefs. Thank you. Yes, Greg. So I was just going to say, but didn't I hear you, or, you know, in the wake of this game, point out that this was a very Patriots-like win Definitely. in terms of basically the Chiefs like waited for the Ravens just to vomit on themselves, yes. and that's what ended up happening in the game? That's the what Ch- I thought I heard you the say. Chiefs were tough and smart and methodical, and uh, Mahomes wasn't spectacular, but he managed the game when he had to manage it. He came through when he had to come through. The only other guy I've seen play football like that is Tom Brady. Reminiscent of a better time, Greg. I think Mahomes is the only one in this era, from Peyton Manning through Aaron Rodgers or anyone else you want to mention to me, who belongs in the same breath as Brady because his team looks like Brady's did. All of a sudden, they're tough and clutch, and they all do the right thing at the right time, and the opponent craps themselves. So that is what I've said. Absolutely. But I don't know. The fans don't want the Chiefs and Mahomes mentioned the same breath as Pats and Brady. It's okay. It's just that it happened so fast. It's e- a compliment. E- even that bugs me. I mean, I appreciate him. Holmes is a blast to watch, but that it happened this quickly is like it's kind of annoying. I know who I'm rooting for next week. <laughs> uh, Greg, thanks for coming by. We appreciate it, man. See you, big boy. Thanks, guys. Later, Greg. So, um, uh, and get, send us some more rumors. Find out some more crap, okay? And let us know what's going on. And you we'll can also, do. yeah, you can put it on your site. We'll read it too. Uh, the, the, okay. the, that was in lieu of the final word. You want to take care of the sponsor there, Jim? Oh, surely. Hold on one moment. Uh, let me get the sponsor here. The final word is brought to you by Town Fair Tire. If you're looking for the best deal on tires, there's only one place to go Town Fair Tire, the best prices and great free services. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. That'll do it. We're back at it tomorrow at 2. We're done with the Prillo, right? Or is he on? Uh, I don't know. Jay I Stu? think he said to me, see you next week. See you next Wednesday, eh? I think we should leverage him in here. Okay, well, well get a pretty good-sized dolly if you want to do that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Paul. That, just, that was too easy. We could just bait him with some munchkin. That was a low-hanging fruit. Uh, maybe Paul tomorrow, maybe not. Either way, we'll be back at it tomorrow, too. We'll talk to you all then. Bye. Matt's exactly right. <laughs>